Sophia DeSantis is a health coach, meal systems expert, and plant-based recipe creator. Sophia made the decision to change her family's diet to better her husband's heart health. She firmly believes in ditching meal planning and instead creating a system of eating. In this episode, she shares how she has created a lifelong healthy eating system which is balanced for both mind and body. I was a teacher for 14 years. That's kind of what my education is. I have a master's uh, degree in education. I taught um, kids with learning disabilities for half my career. And then I taught first grade for the other half of my career. And then um, after that 14 years, I quote unquote retired from teaching, uh, mostly just because I had two young kids. Um, We struggled with fertility to have our first and then very quickly had our second um, unbeknownst to us that it would be so quickly. Um, So I had two young kids at home. They're only 15 months apart. So I had like a one-year-old and a baby. My husband got a new job traveling every single week, Tuesday through Thursday. And it just totally didn't make a lot of sense for me to be teaching because with teaching, it's not the kind of job that you just can't, you know, if your kid wakes up sick, you can't not just go. Like you need to get a substitute. You have to write sub plans. It's a whole thing. So Mm. with him gone and the support I would need to teach, um, it just didn't make a lot of sense. So I stayed home. And around that same time, my husband had his entire adult life was on medication for uh, blood pressure um, and had some high cholesterol issues. And he started seeing a new cardiologist in our area that we had moved to. And his cardiologist was like, so you know, your blood pressure meds aren't working anymore. um, Because his blood pressure was like through the roof again. And he's like, you know, we can find new meds, we can increase your meds, we can play around with that. He goes, or I treat a lot of my patients through dietary changes, if you're interested. And my husband was interested. And so um, I still remember the day he came to me and told me that he wanted to do this. And I kind of just giggled. I was like, okay, (laughs) he's Italian, you know, like he's like meat, you know, potatoes. We, and the funny thing is like, we were healthy. We weren't like, I grew up with like, I'm first generation Greek. My parents are Greek immigrants to this country. And my parents worked full time. They came from nothing. Like my mom didn't even know she was going to have food every day growing up. Like she was really, really poor. Um, Mm. And they came to this country to start a new life. And, you know, both my parents worked full time because they had to. Yet my mom still had homemade meals on the table. And I still like remember that, you know, the big thing is, you know, Slurpees from 7-Eleven. And my mom wouldn't let me get Slurpees unless they had the pina colada flavor because it was uh, didn't have any food coloring in it because it was white instead of red and blue and whatever. Right. And yeah. um, so I grew up in a very, you know, healthy environment, homemade meals, you know, fresh foods. Um, you know, we really honored, you know, real foods and stuff. And so it's not like we were unhealthy. However, healthy, that's the first thing I realized that it hit me that healthy means something different for everybody. So for my husband, um, removing as you know, most of the animal products was kind of what was healthy for him. And so that's kind of what his cardiologist was like, you know, let's try this. And so I had to kind of reinvent because I was the one that cooks like, right, let's be real, like he could make pasta. (laughs) So I had to like reinvent everything that I made. Um, And I looked at it as a challenge. You know, I'm a creative. I love science. I love, you know, kind of cooking is the mesh of science and creativity. And I grew up in a house where my parents were like, yeah, you're weird. You're extremely artistic and creative, but you're also very math science oriented. So both sides of my brain like fire at the same time. Um, And cooking and creating 
recipes is kind of the mesh of both, um, especially mm. baking, because it's a science. Like, you know, you have to know what goes together. You have to know how they react. And so I started kind of redoing everything I we made. And um, we did we did this because my husband's in business and finance and you know, there's a whole thing in business, 21 days to create a habit, right? So for 21 days, we eliminated all animal products. We eliminated gluten, sugar, alcohol, and caffeine, um, just to kind of give his body kind of a, you know, a big break. And, um, at the end of that 21 days, I was also postpartum at the time. I just had my second baby and postpartum was very hard for me. Um, so I was like, you know, let's just do this together. It'll be a good little reset for all of us. And, um, at the end of that 21 days, we both felt really, really good. And so we kind of, you know, let's kind of, and when we were really strict for 21 days, but after that, we're like, let's take a step back and kind of continue this with just some ease because it's, it was hard to be super strict. I don't do well. I've got anxiety. So like the idea of like, I can't do something is, is very overwhelming. Um, yeah. So we kind of, you know, eased into it. And after three months, he was off all of his medication and has not been on medication since. Um, and that's kind of how my business was born. I started creating recipes cause everyone was like, what did, how did you make this? What did you do? You should start a website. And I was like, no, I hate to write. I'm never going to start a website. Well, yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. And then it just kind of happened where I started meeting brands. And I started working with brands and then about, gosh, is it three years ago now, four years ago, um, two years ago, I forget everything that's meant together. I, because I was this teacher, I started, people started asking me. And so I was like, well, you know, maybe I should become a health coach. And I went through the ACE program, you know, I'm I'm ACE certified, which it was fun to go back to school and Mm -hmm. learn, but it is a rigorous program. Like the test is insane. Mm -hmm. I, it's a lot of work. So I'm ACE health coach certified now. I finally passed the test. Um, And it's just been fun to like, I'm a busy mom and to show people that you can't eat nutritious foods and you can't eat a lot of plants and not make it difficult, you know, without yeah. all these fancy superfoods and this and that, like you really, I mean, yeah, those things, like I have things that I like that are considered a superfood that are gross, but you don't, you don't need them. You don't need that to be healthy. You can take yeah. your basics and still live a good lifestyle. And, you know, I also really like to help, you know, with accessibility because in our world, we, I live in a bubble I think, yeah. you know, there are people that live in a bubble of things. I go to the grocery store and fresh food, fresh produce is right there. I live in California, you know, but there's people yeah. in middle America, lower income areas that they don't have access to this kind of stuff and, and they can't afford a lot of it. And so you can still do it. You know, fresh vegetables is great, but frozen and canned are also great. And what you can afford, what you have accessible. And so that's kind of where I like to kind of mesh those worlds together and show how you can live a plant rich nutritious, healthy lifestyle without the fancy products, without the hours of cooking. Yeah. So, so how are you making these recipes? Because obviously when you have this kind of news of, Hey, you know, the blood pressure medication is not working. Let's try the dietary route. You're thinking to yourself, Oh gosh, I'm going to have to go out and buy a whole bunch of like, you know, quinoa, spirulina and all those fancy words, you know, like superfoods. But you (laughs) you mentioned that you're not really, you know, pushing the superfoods, you're pushing, uh, you know, an accessible diet. So how are you going about making these recipes? What were you kind of doing when you entered the grocery store? Well, a lot of experimentation for sure. I mean, I started with the basics, like, you know, the basics of roasting vegetables, a grain of some sort, rice, pasta, a sauce of some sort, 
greens that, you know, that's like a bowl right there. I mean, you could do so mm. many things with those things. Um, that's kind of like the basics, you know, our, we have a lot of basic meals and because I have three boys, they all play sports um, and we're busy. And a lot of the times I need basic meals. And mm. like the other day I made soup. I just sauteed some veggies, threw in some white beans, some broth, you know, can of tomatoes, like soup, you know, that's what it was. Um, but, you know, and it's, it's really simplifying things. I think people tend to overanalyze stuff. You know, yeah. whereas if we go back to the basics, like you really can eat quite a, quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But from there, it was taking the things that that we love to eat and experimenting to make them plant based. Like for my husband, right. like for example, um, you know, dairy. You know, he does eat some dairy now. Um, I, dairy doesn't fully agree with me. I will have like some dairy here and there, but my body doesn't love it. So you know, I just had to experiment to find the dairy free cheese alternatives that taste good. Cause most of them are disgusting. I'm just going right, to be honest. Yeah. There's yeah, a few that we can handle. Mm. Um, but then also creating my own sauces. Like I've perfected an Alfredo sauce. It's cashew based with potato to lighten it up a little bit. Cause cashews can be really heavy. And it's just the thinking of the flavor and thinking outside the box of the things that can make that flavor. So like feta cheese, like I'm Greek feta cheese and I still eat feta cheese like regular feta cheese that's goat and sheep based because that mm-hmm. doesn't bother me as much as cow's milk yeah. um but I wanted to create my mom's growing up spanakopita is like a Greek tradition like in my family we eat it all the time and I wanted to create a dairy-free version of it because mm. I had a lot of people asking me and for me as well so I thought feta cheese what are those flavors in feta well it's super salty and it's really tangy yeah. So instead of trying to like replicate the cheese itself, think about the flavors. So salty and tangy. Well, salty is easy. Salt. Tangy mm. is really easy. White vinegar, a vinegar of yeah. some sort. White is the sharpest of all the vinegars. Um, and so the texture of crumbled feta, um, soaked cashews gives you that texture. Some people use tofu as well. I don't love the tofu version because it's too soft for me. Um mm. But I guess a tofu and cashew would kind of be good. But if you soak cashews overnight, they soften. And so I soaked some cashews and put them in a food processor with some, you know, I had experiment on the amounts, but salt. And I did white vinegar because it's the tangiest and sharpest. Um, Mm. Other vinegars will not lead to the same flavor. Um, You know, they'll be fine, but they won't be the same. And so I experimented and I pulsed the cashews to crumble them and experimented with the different combinations of salt and vinegar. And I found a combination that really gave you that salt and tang of feta. And then mm. from there, I took my mom's authentic recipe and I substituted that instead of the feta and made spanakopita. And it, it, I mean, people can't tell the difference They're like, because it's, you know, it's in there. So it's really thinking about the flavors and textures and creating from there. Yeah. And you mentioned your, your Greek. And I know a lot of Greek food is, you know, big grilled meats and salads and all that kind of stuff so realistically growing up you technically had a very healthy diet because you know you said you weren't allowed to have certain types of slurpees because you know the food coloring your pina colada was the only one without food coloring so (laughs) your your mum was health conscious and I'm wondering if that was kind of always in the back of your mind about oh this isn't a meal unless there's like you know a salad with it or this isn't healthy because it's you know deep fried or something like that well, you know, I think with Greeks too, I mean, they have a lot of, plenty of like fried foods. Um, mm. But I think it's, I think it's just always that balance for me. Cause my mom always had that sense of balance. Like I wasn't, 
it wasn't that I wasn't allowed to have um, Slurpees because they were sugar. It was more because of the coloring. Like my mom homemade cookies. Like back in my right. day, the Twinkies, yeah. when I grew up, um, <laughs> I was born in 77, so I'm old. Um, mm. When I grew up, it was the 80s, you know, like Twinkies, Ding Dongs, um, uh, soft batch cookies from the store, like the, what was the, um, the Little Elves, forgot the name of it. But all those things that had a ton of preservatives, like the, gosh, the 90s of snack wells, the fat-free cookies. I mean, it was that era of stuff that lived in containers forever. Um, yeah. And so my mom never like bought that kind of stuff. She homemade things. So mm. it's not like I didn't have cookies and I didn't have things like that, but she <coughs> homemade the cookies. She homemade, like she bought the real churned ice cream, like not the fat-free yeah. stuff, the real like cream churned ice cream. Like, so I had all those things, but it was that idea of using the quality ingredients to make them at home. And, you know, we definitely had our share of McDonald's and pizza and things like that. But that was the balance that she kind of instilled in me that it's like, it's okay to have those things. But most of your diet should consist of quality foods with quality ingredients. Um, Mm. And so that's kind of, and I think that's probably just because when she grew up, she grew up in a village in the mountains of Greece and um, what they ate, they raised or traded. Like they would take the donkeys. They didn't have cars back then in their village and they would take their donkeys and go to you know, trade things like here, I have this, I have this, you know, and I think it came from there. Like they grew their stuff, you know, and, and you yeah. come to today where there's, we've just lost a lot of that, where our food comes from mm-hmm. um, mentality, I think. And it's not about not having the fried foods or the sweets. It's more about getting back to the basics of, you know, balance and fried like in greece french fries are it's not you know like what you think it's more they their french fries are more like steak fries um but they're all you know like at the tavernas there like whenever we go back it's like greek salad french fries you know like fried fish like you know it's plenty but it's just it's quality ingredients so it's different yeah i mean for me i've always kind of tried to have a healthy diet same way with my mom she was always trying to give me healthy food and make sure that I ate, you know, the right balance of vegetables. And obviously, you know, kids want to eat pizza and chicken nuggets, all that kind of stuff. So a bit of that does sneak in. But, you know, as an adult, when you're more conscious or, you know, you're in a a mental state, because, you know, it it is where, you know, sometimes if your mental health is slipping, then your diet slips. But if you're in a good mental state or if you're trying to be in a good mental state, you can kind of adopt an eating system. Anybody I know who eats healthily, it's not like they go, I'm having exactly this and exactly that three times a day, you know, et cetera, et cetera. People do want variety and, you know, some enjoyment in their meals. So I'm wondering how you kind of have adopted a eating system or a meal planning system almost into your life because you've got your kids to feed, you've got yourself to feed, you've got your husband to feed. And I'm assuming you're all not eating the same thing all the time because, you know, one might not like this, one might not like that, but you want to try to keep it as healthy as humanly possible, surely. Yes, for sure. So uh, two things. I actually have um, a few different digital products I sell about creating a meal system. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I I shy away from traditional meal planning. And mm-hmm. I like um, to teach people like meal, traditional meal planning is fine if you have the time. But generally with traditional meal planning, you're making a different um, meal Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, like a new meal and a meal system. And I talk about this in my course um, is more classifying the meals based on 
the energy it takes to make them. And right. that is based on how your week goes. So like every week I'll look at my, I'll look at my calendar and like, for example, this week, you know, we have a baseball game thir- Thursday. My mm-hmm. son has an event after that. We have practice on Wednesday. So the days I know we're going to be gone, you know, from basically after school until the evening, I know mm-hmm. I need either what I call a low energy or a no energy meal. And that means something that either we take out, which is no energy, or low energy means something I can get done between under 30 minutes. Right. Um, okay. Whether it's prepped and ready to go, and I'm just like putting it together and sticking it in the oven. And under 30 minutes means more so that it's my work. So if mm-hmm. you have, I like to chop vegetables and have them ready. I will like when we get home from baseball, I'll throw them on a, on a baking sheet, drizzle with some olive oil, salt and pepper, and I'll stick them in the oven. Well, that to roast them might take like 35 minutes, but in that time, we're taking showers, we're getting, mm. you know, homework situated. So it's not energy, it's the oven that's doing the work. And then when they come out, I love Trader Joe's frozen brown rice. Um, it's the texture is amazing. It's ready in the microwave in three minutes. And so that's like a go to. Um, and, you know, you could like put together easy meals very quickly like that. So yeah. it's the energy that it takes me to do it. You know, and yeah. then I have days where perhaps there's no activities that day and I have some time to make some things. So I might be making enchiladas or a yummy pasta dish or fajitas or or something that maybe has multiple parts. Um, like this week we're doing um, portobello mushroom fajitas and I want to make refried beans. I want to make the rice, which is I use the frozen brown rice and some salsa and stick in the microwave. So it's really easy. Um, mm. But I want to make the guacamole, you know, so it's. It has multiple parts to it. So if those aren't pre-made, it takes some time. Um, so that's kind of how I classify how I how I plan what we're eating based on mm-hmm. what we have going on. You know, because yeah. there's nothing like, you know, you have planned this elaborate meal. You get home at 630 and you don't have an hour and a half to make dinner. You know, you can, yeah. your kids need to go to bed. They have homework. And so it's you need to plan ahead and you need to look at your week in order to be successful. Or just go out to eat, but we can't afford to eat out five days a week. It's a lot of money, yeah. especially yeah, nowadays. I mean, holy moly! Like, it's amazing how much everything more everything costs right now. I yeah. mean, unbelievable how much more everything costs. So eating at home is just, you know, and it's also healthier to eat at home because you're avoiding a lot of the stuff that restaurants use. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a the system that I teach in my course that I sell. Um, but my other piece to that is. We do all have different necessities and needs. Like I don't eat gluten for medical reasons. I can't eat gluten anymore. My husband, you know, is mostly plant-based. My kids will kind of eat a little bit of everything and they have their opinions. But my number one rule is I'm not a restaurant. This is what I serve. This is what's for dinner. It's not gross. Pick and choose the parts you want to eat. And if you choose not to eat it, that's on you. I'm not making you anything else. (laughs) So we tend to eat at home more, but that means you have to, plan ahead in order to be successful eating at home. Because if you don't look at your week ahead, whether you have kids or don't have kids, um, wherever you work, if you don't look at your week ahead, you can't anticipate what you're going to need to do when. And and if you come home at 630 at night and you're exhausted, you're not going to make that lasagna you plan to make that day. So that's why you really, planning ahead is important, not just for real life, you know, not because you have to be super type A and organized, but just to have an idea. And for me, 
we generally write a plan of like what we're eating every day, but sometimes we just put a bucket of recipes on the board and we decide what we want every day, but we know here are the recipes that are, that are prepped and will be 20 minutes to make. And here are the ones that take more time. So the days that we get home, we know we have to have one of those recipes that don't, you know, take a lot of time because we get home at 630. So we're just throwing things together real quick. Um, or you're, or, and if you don't do that, when you get home at 630 and you're exhausted and you, there's no way you're going to make that 40 minute meal, you're going to end up calling in pizza or getting, you know, takeout and it is more expensive and it's not as good for you because even if you're trying to eat healthy out, you're still getting extra oils and so, the sodium, especially, um, mm. things like that, that tends to add up. And we do eat out once a week, usually, um, but if you do it too often, it's just, it's not great for you. Yeah. And I'm wondering, how can you help people, help the listener here, incorporate more vegetables in their diet? Because let's assume they're eating a lot of what someone in my family calls beige food, which is, you know, French fries, pizzas, bread, and there's no color on their plate. There's nothing that's, you know, bringing the plate to life. How can we encourage people to eat more vegetables when, you know, they might not be at the moment? Well, you know, I think it just depends on the person and and how willing they are to try things. Um, I have kids with opinions, and I don't know if you missed this part, but one thing I say to my kids is, I'm not a restaurant. This is dinner. If you don't eat it, that's on you. I'm not making mm. a different meal for you. But generally, most of our dinners incorporate multiple things, and they can pick and choose to eat what part of that. And that's why we do a lot of like build your own things, like build your own tacos, build your own grain bowls. You know, things like that so that they can pick and choose what they want. Uh, we make our own pizzas at home. They can put what they want on it. Um, and I think that's a really good way to get people to incorporate more things. So like those, you know, taco bars or build your own bars. Those are great because you can put a variety of things. And I like to introduce some things that my kids may have said they don't like or don't know if they like. Um, because it encourages, they see other people building. It encourages them to try something. Um, and when you build your own, you kind of feel like there's not a lot of pressure with having to be served something. You know, you, a, a lot of things, you know, when they talk about picky eaters, a lot of that has to do with control because we don't like to be told to do things. It's just human nature. Like you're not going to do well. Like even as an adult, right? Someone came into your house and you're, and, and they're like, do this. You're going to be like, who are you? I run things my own way. Right. And that's how it is when you take a meal and you just put it in front of someone and it's like, this is what you're eating. And it's like, well, no, I will choose what I'm eating. And that's the thing is we have control over what we eat. So especially with kids, kids can't control anything, right? Like we tell them what to do, when to do it. But with food, they can control what they put into their body. And so I think it's just honoring that control and, and having options and letting them be the ones to say, hmm, I think I might try that. You know, like, for example, spaghetti squash. So I do spaghetti squash bowls, and I like to mix um, – I like to roast spaghetti squash, mix it with pasta and, and build bowls and stuff. And my kids, for a really long time, were like, fine, we'll eat the spaghetti squash. Like, they didn't – they kind of picked around it. They didn't always eat it. But it's just such an easy way to get veggies, to mix it with pasta and get veggies. Like, we do it with zucchini noodles as well. We mix it in. And it's an easy way to get veggies in. Well, the 
a little while ago, I decided to do it a little differently. Instead of roasting the spaghetti squash and spaghetti it all out and then mixing it with the pasta and a big thing and serving it, I decided to do it in the spaghetti squash. So like I, I cut thick pieces of spaghetti squash so that it's thick enough to make a bowl. And then I roasted it and then I spaghettied it out into a bowl. And then I mixed it with cheese in the bowl, mixed it with cheese, pasta sauce, a little bit of pesto. They love, my husband loves the combination of pesto and marinara together. Like he's Mm -hmm. so funny. Um, Mix that all, some sauteed mushrooms, like things I know my family likes, like mix it all and then put it back into the spaghetti um, band, like the skin, put Mm -hmm. it back in, put a little Parmesan on the top and put it into the oven and baked it. And so the noodles and everything was mixed into these fun bowls. And then I served it that way. And all of a sudden, they were like, this is so good. And it's yeah. just like the presentation was like a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it it also, you know, I would tell them, okay, what do you want in, in tonight? Do you want marinara? No, you don't. Okay, I'll leave it out of that one. Do you want mushrooms? You do? Okay, cool. Do you want – so you kind of like – I kind of bring them into the process and presented it differently. Um, and it's just a different, you know, also if there's a vegetable you don't like, try cooking it a different way. People don't realize like, personally, I don't think steamed vegetables are good. I think they're disgusting because it's just not my thing. I Mm -hmm. love roasted vegetables and roasting Mm -hmm. changes the flavor. Like radishes, for example, if you've never tried roasted radishes, I highly suggest you do. A radish raw is very sharp and bitter and a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't like them. But if yeah. you take radishes and thinly slice them and roast them in the oven, they almost caramelize a little bit and get sweet. It's crazy. So yeah. what you think you don't like, try it differently. Yeah. That's that's the best way to get people to to try new vegetables and things is present it to them in a, a new way, you know, because they're like you said, they must have had steamed vegetables or boiled vegetables, which yeah. aren't really the most appealing and don't really add any flavor into the process. No. So I, I'm, I'm like wondering. Brussels sprouts. Yeah. By, like Brussels sprouts, for example, I mm-hmm. thought I hated Brussels sprouts. I hate yeah. I thought I was like, Brussels sprouts are disgusting. Who would ever eat those things? I'd yeah. only had them steamed. And mm. I was like, I mean, they made me gag. They smelled gross. The first time I had crispy roasted Brussels sprouts, I had it at this yeah. restaurant and they have their signature. I love spice and hot sauce. They had, mm-hmm. they served it with their signature hot sauce. Like I could not get enough. I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you can talk me through some of your your client journeys that you've had where you've, you know, transformed their eating systems and the way that they've, you know, taken an approach to their diet, because I feel like that's that's definitely some way that we can see that, okay, this has worked for you. But if if you're selling this other people, how does that work for other people? Like, what does that look like? Well, I believe in like, and through the program I went to to get my health coaching license is very client centered. So it's not me telling them what to do. It's me getting down to like getting to their level, whether mm-hmm. that level is down or up, because some people have health already in their system, but something's not working. So figuring out where the where they need the support and letting them kind of lead the way and saying, mm-hmm. hey, okay, so what is it that you struggle with? Letting them lead the thing. It's not me saying, okay, this is what you're supposed to do because you don't really know anything about their life. So I always... I always send out multiple sheets of like there, I have a sheet of um, every person in the family and that things that they like and dislike. That's really important to know. Yeah. You know what they like and dislike. Um, 
And what also starting with what works, like what works for you? What are you doing that's working? And there's always something that's working. You know, even like the one client I come to minds with first is we did the simplest thing to transform their family's eating. And it was crazy. So she tells me, you know, I don't know how to get, you know, nutritious meals on the table. I'm so busy, blah, blah, blah. And so we talked a lot about what's working and you know, one thing she said was like, gosh, you know, part of me cooking is like, there's so much cleanup. And Mm. I said to her, I said, okay, well, so what are the things that you like? And I, we figured out the things that they're, the kids like, and they all have very different, they all had very different preferences from the type of vegetables like the sauces they like. So I introduced the build your own bars to her. I said, well, one thing that works with families with lots of different eating needs is the bill drones because yeah. everyone can control her and her daughter didn't eat meat. Her husband did mm-hmm. one of them and they all like different sauces. One daughter loved like curry and spice. The other does like very basic things. Didn't like any sauce at all. Mm-hmm. So with the build your owns, like you set out your grains, like your rice, you set out your proteins, whether it's tofu or beans or chicken or whatever it is. And you set out the vegetables and you set out different sauce ideas. And you literally can take that and just build a a very nutritious bowl in a matter of minutes. And everyone is happy because they get to pick what they want. But when it came to the vegetables, I asked her, you know, I, um, I said to her, have you ever roasted a pan of vegetables? And let your, like literally serve them from this pan. Cause she talked a lot about like having to clean up and, She's like, what do you mean served them for the pan? I'm like, you put vegetables and you roast them and you leave them on the, on the, you know, stovetop after you take them out of the oven, just leave them there, put a spatula in and that's how they serve their vegetables. And she's like, mm. I've never, cause she always took them and put everything in bowls and made it nice. I'm like, why cut out the middleman? Why are you doing yeah. that? She's like, well, I don't know. Like it was this idea that she had to serve her family a certain way. I'm like, No. I just take them out, stick them under. And that was the single thing that changed her way of her mentality of thinking that things had to be presented perfectly fancy in a certain way. And ever since then, every week now they do pans of roasted vegetables and her kids started picking the vegetables and eating them right from the pan before dinner because they smelled so good. They could control what was on the pan. They could control the type of seasonings. And she, you know, two different trays, one with seasoning, one very plain for the other one. And she's like, it's crazy. My kids are just eating vegetables off the pan now. So Mm. it's just that looking at what's working, looking at what's not, and helping people realize that let go of the pretty picture, which is hard in today's world with social media and all that stuff. You you have this idea that things have to be pretty, and they don't at all literally can be vegetables right from the pan and that's yeah. all you got <laughs> what are the vegetables that we're putting in the pan just so i i know in my mind i'm imagining some squash maybe some peppers but then that's where my mind goes blank that that's the only two vegetables um, i can think of that would go in this pan so we actually don't even usually i mean zucchini sometimes but we are our go-tos are broccoli cauliflower mm-hmm. mushrooms um, if I'm doing vegetables and pasta, I always put um, cherry tomatoes. I cut them in half because they roast mm-hmm. so good and those juices are like delicious. Um, 
Uh, I love the cauliflower because you can, I like to cut it. So when it comes to vegetables, the key is people talk about, oh, well, they have different roasting times. Yes, but the vegetables that take longer to roast, you simply cut them a lot smaller. And mm-hmm. then they will even out the roasting time because the smaller the pieces, the faster they take to cook. So cauliflower, I like to cut it really small, chop it up. Sometimes I'll just throw some frozen rice cauliflower on there um, yeah. because it caramelizes, you know, and mm-hmm. I love that flavor of it. And I like it uber cooked. Um, broccoli, we like it just crisped on the outside so the pieces aren't as big. Um, mushrooms, bigger pieces, sometimes just whole mushrooms. Um what else do we love to throw on? I mean, really, um, onions sometimes I'll throw on there. Um, mm-hmm. Whole pieces of garlic or slivered garlic for flavor. Yeah. Uh, really, anything like Brussels sprouts, radishes. Um, we I sometimes I roasted fennel once to make these tacos with um, citrus salsa, and it was delicious. Really, anything can be roasted. It really yeah. just and you can either roast them in lines if you have picky eaters that only want certain vegetables you just you know put them in in rows or yeah. you can just mix them all together sometimes for example i did a um what was it that i made sometimes i'll roast them and then once they're roasted and they've cooled i'll put them on a chopping block and just like chop it with a knife really finely and then mix yeah. that into like pastas and things like that so um people that have like don't want the big chunks or kids that notice things you can do that um sometimes i take it and i blend it one of my secrets for sneaking in veggies which i don't i believe that you do need to show picky eaters whole vegetables in their true Mm -hmm. form but i also believe that if you struggle and you're stressed about your kids eating vegetables it's okay to sneak them into things and one of my Mm -hmm. biggest tricks is you get a jar of pasta sauce just from the store And you put the jar into a blender and you throw some Mm -hmm. roasted vegetables in the blender and the vegetables, oh, carrots, that's another good roasted one. Um, The vegetables you want to throw in there if your kids are super picky is you don't want the vegetables that are going to make that red brown. So you you want to avoid the green vegetables. So you put like carrots, cauliflower, peppers, things like that. You put them in and you puree it and then you literally take the pureed sauce that has the the hidden vegetables in it pour it back into the jar of pasta sauce. You're going to have more of it because you added things. So you yeah. might need to save an old jar or put some in a container. Literally put it back in, put the top on and put it in the fridge. And when you make pasta, your kids will literally not see that you had pureed vegetables in this thing and they have no idea. Yeah. That's that's the struggle, like isn't it? It's, it's convincing them that this is good for them. That, you know, oh, but it tastes yucky. But if you can blend it up and hide it in there, then there's no problem. I feel like we've been speaking so much about food, but we've actually kind of jumped over the whole thing that you do the whole time, which is running a business while being a mum. So you said, you know, there's times where you've not got much energy and, you know, you've been running around. There's lots of activities. So you have the, you know, the low kind of energy meals as in the the meals that don't take much energy to make. But I'm wondering, you know, how do you manage to run your business while still being, you know, an active mom and cooking all the time and all these types of things? Um, help. Anyone that says people do it alone, it's they're lying. Um, help. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have I don't have hired help right now. I do have somebody that cleans my house every couple of weeks um, mm-hmm. because I, I clean. Number one, I, something I can offload. 
And number two, um, dust and stuff really affects my um, allergies and stuff like that. So it's it's hard for me to do a lot of cleaning. But um, I have help. My husband is an active, you know, role model and, and player in our marriage, in our family life. Um, mm-hmm. I do as much as I can while my kids are at school. Um, and then I also like, and I'm not very good at this because I often take on more than I can chew, but I try and set boundaries, you know, like I, you know, do this, this, this. Um, every week I plan my week ahead and I try and batch tasks. Like if I have to photograph things or shoot videos, I try and do that all in one day because I'm mm-hmm. in that mode and it's easier to do that than do a little bit every day. Um, and then sometimes I say, no, I can't do that. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. You know, if someone needs, like if someone needs me, like at school, I used to be really involved in their school and I had to start drawing boundaries because I love what I do and I love, you know, and, and we, you know, definitely could use the extra money and I wanted to work on my business. Mm-hmm. And so I had to say no to some things like I can't volunteer every week in the classrooms. I can't, you know, do this. I have to draw lines and, if you don't do that, like I get overwhelmed easily. And so it's really important that I draw boundaries for myself because if I don't, I'm not going to be a good mom. I'm not going to be a good wife. I'm not going to be a good friend, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, there's a multi, it's multifaceted on how you get things done. But number one is help. You know, it's, you have to ask for help. You can't do it all alone. Um, you just can't, it's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. And so you do a lot of health coaching, you've got courses, but I'm wondering as well, do you kind of sell like recipe packs, recipe books? I'm wondering like, what are the different parts of your business that you have going on? Yeah, I have many hats that I wear. Um, so I do have a lot of, on um, you know, digital products. I have eBooks, courses, um, things like that on my website. I have a physical cookbook I published um, a publisher approached me in 2016. And so I have a physical cookbook that you can buy on Amazon and stuff. Um, that is like my only like authored physical book that I have. I've been approached to do more, but it was, it's a lot of work. So I've kind of said no to that right now. Mm, yeah. Um, and I do health coaching. I'm a food photographer. So I do commercial photography sometimes for brands. Okay. Um, I do recipe development for brands. I do content creation for brands. And I actually am right now, I have a meeting with them tomorrow, I think. I'm looking into a meal planning um, app where I will be importing recipes and stuff and people can pay a subscription to um, and um, get meal plans. So like for the week. So I will go right. in there and drag and drop different meals for the week. It prints out an automatic shopping list and um, people can create their own and, and things like that. So I'm looking into adding that to my repertoire of things. Um, but yeah, I do like a ton of stuff just all centered around, you know, healthy body, healthy mind, wellness overall. Cause I don't believe that it's really just what you eat. I believe it's also your mental wellness. That's mm-hmm. a big part of it. Um, I think that until people stop, start to realize that the way you, you know, approach things, your, your health of your mind, um, until they work on that, they're not fully going to feel their best because Mm. your mind really, I I believe it's almost more so than what you eat. I think that, um, stress and, and your mental health and mental wellness is probably more important than, um, what you put into your body. Yeah. And and how do you take care of your mental health and, and stay, you know, in this state of wellness? You know, I mean, and not always, um, Sometimes I don't. Sometimes, you know, like we all, you know, we have good times and bad times. But yeah. I definitely, I work out. That's a big thing for me. 
I'm mm-hmm. physically, I physically active. I try and work out five to six days a week, like a good, you know, I part of Peloton. So I either, I'm doing a ride or I do their strength classes or their yoga. Um, yoga is a big part of it for me when I, um, have used yoga and, and meditation and things like that to really kind of take me into a better place. Um, I really, if I go a week without a single yoga class, like I start to feel it both physically mm-hmm. and mentally, um, I make sure to get time away with my friends. Um, I see my girlfriends like two to three times a month at least, um, just to get out, do things. I go on girls trips. I take weekends away with my friends and then also then, you know, a big part of it is my marriage because it's having kids is hard. Being married is hard. Being a friend is hard. It takes work, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, um, in life, like it's not, it, it's easy, but it also takes work. You know, it's, it's, you're tired at the end of the day. And like my husband and I, like we've been, you know, as our kids get older, we found that it's harder to keep our marriage alive because we're so busy with their sports and stuff. And when they were younger, it was cake. You hired a babysitter, you went out, you don't have to worry about it. They slept like they were yeah. little, they didn't have a life of their own. And mm-hmm. now as the boys get older, you know, two of my boys play competitive baseball, one plays competitive soccer. We're on the fields most weekends. We're exhausted at the end of the day. And we have to force ourselves sometimes to go on a date night. And, you know, so we're trying to prioritize because when we don't prioritize that, the marriage isn't as great, you know, and it's, there's always ups and downs. Um, but when we prioritize that and, and get that time away, we try and get away together every once in a while. Um, it helps both of our mental health. It helps our marriage and it makes us better parents. So it's really just making sure for me, um, I do all those things and make sure I, I take care of myself too. Cause while some people say, Oh, you know, you have to put your kids first. I actually disagree with that. I think you need to put yourself first because if you don't, you're not going to be able to be your best self for your kids and your kids will see it. Cause when I yeah. don't put myself first, my kids see it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely something that I've noticed more and more recently. People are saying is, you know, you always think about, Oh, put your kids first, put this first, put that first, all that kind of stuff. But it's like, if you don't put yourself first, you're not actually being the best version of you. And the best version of you is the best person to be present in them situations. And if you're not the best version of you, you're not present. You're, you know, you're thinking about other things. Your mind is somewhere else where you're physically, you know, there and you end up missing out on a lot. So yeah, I definitely agree with the fact that you've got to take care of yourself. And uh, one thing that I want to ask you, because it seems like, you know, you were pretty honest there, you know, the wellness side of things is it's a roller coaster. It goes up, it goes down, but, you know, you're just trying to keep it as stable as possible. But I'm wondering, what is it about what you do that brings you the most joy? Uh, Helping others. You know, I, I mean, and it sounds so cliche to say that, but it's like the little things that like someone will leave a comment on my recipe or send me a message on Instagram and tell me that something I taught them or something they found on my website or, you know, on my stories or whatever helped them. Like that is the greatest joy, honestly. And, um, you know, I, I was a teacher for 14 years. That's what I did as my career. You're not a teacher for the money. I'll tell you that. (laughs) <laughs> you're in a teacher because you want to, you want to help others, you know? And so while I do run a business and I do have to charge for my health coaching and I do because I run a business and I spend my time and any time I spend on my business is time away from my own children. Um, mm-hmm. it is that helping others that is a big part of it. You know, like 
knowing, having somebody come to me and say, you know, I can't afford to do this. Are any meals like, is there any ideas you can give me that I would be accessible to me? You know, because it's one of the big things in society. And like, you see this in the online world, you know, the wellness world is very privileged world. So many people on there, and I am privileged. I'm not going to say I'm not. I mean, my parents came from nothing. My, I know, like my mom has told me the story. She raised me to know how privileged I am because she came from nothing. And I've been back to her village in Greece and I've seen where she lived. And I know how she struggled as a child. And she never wanted me to struggle that way because it's, you know, she, you know, it's, it's awful to think that like she grew up not knowing if she was going to eat every day. And, and she, she grew, she raised us to know how privileged we are, but also mm. worked so hard because my parents do very well for themselves now. They're both retired. They travel all the time. Like they're, they're very comfortable and they have built this beautiful nest egg to pass on to generations to come because of extreme hard work, you know, extreme tight money when we were growing up. And to know that somebody, I can help somebody outside of the privileged wellness world online to me means the most because I, I think that so much of this is accessibility and education and people don't realize that that it's not just people are lazy but if you go to you know low-income areas like look what's around fast mm. food is there and it's easy and accessible for people that live in these areas and and these are our essential workers these are people that are working 12-hour shifts and mm-hmm. they come home at 10 o'clock at night haven't seen their kids and they're starving, you really expect them to sit there and make this hour-long fancy meal? Of course they're not going to do that. I wouldn't do that. So they're driving by the McDonald's on their way home. It's cheap. It's there. It's easy. It's fast. You can't Mm. judge somebody for making these decisions. And there's a lot of judgment in the wellness world. Well, I just stopped doing that. Well, then give an alternative that is as quick, easy, and cheap. Don't make Mm. it seem that you have to have all these fancy products to be you know, and, and provide, I wish there was, you know, more and more, because I know they're out there, but I wish there was more services to help educate people on how you can do these things with the, with what life has given you. Mm. And, you know, we, sh- we talk about, you know, like frozen vegetables, like frozen vegetables are great. You know, there, people don't know that frozen vegetables are actually frozen at their peak ripeness. And so mm. sometimes a frozen vegetable is better than a fresh vegetable that's been on the shelf for months. You know, like canned yeah. vegetables are canned at their peak ripeness. Now, you want to be careful with yeah. canned because you want to make sure that there's not extra sodium and, and things like that in it. But pure canned vegetables, you can make a great soup with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And so when someone mm. goes to their nearest Sam's Club or Walmart or whatever and their canned vegetables on sale, you should encourage that. You know, like... And so helping somebody, when someone comes, I've had somebody come to me, like, I can't afford, you know, what can I make with this? And I've sent them a whole thing like, okay, well, what's on sale? Number one, go to your local store. What is on sale? Look to see what's on Mm. sale because that's going to be the cheapest if it's on sale, you know, like, I mean, obviously compare prices. And then from there, tell me what you got. And then we can like create something from there. So it's just that helping people deep in my soul is just, it makes me so happy. Um, especially people that, that need the support more than others, you know, like people that, you know, when I, I worked with 
somebody once just, you know, informally online um, through Instagram that truly couldn't afford certain things. And their daughter wanted to learn how to, their daughter came to them wanting to be healthier because her family had a history of diabetes and Mm -hmm. giving them ideas and them saying, oh my gosh, I did this and it was great and it worked. It just like, it just makes me smile. Where can the people find you online? Um, Well, I am most active on my Instagram channel at Veggies Don't Bite. That's kind of um, where I mostly spend my time. My website, veggiesdon'tbite.com. That is a great place to find all my recipes. If you leave a comment on my recipe, I do um, go and, you know, read them and reply. Um, And my email, sophia at veggiesdon'tbite.com. I answer all my emails um, pretty good with my inbox. Um, But, you know, if you send me a message on Instagram, I always see it um, and always reply. I'm there a lot showing my ridiculous children in the back. If you, if you saw my Instagram yesterday, my son plays competitive baseball and he had practice yesterday and it's been raining nonstop here, but we had a break in the rain and he slid into third base like during practice and I put a story up. I mean, his and they wear white pants. Baseball wears white pants. Don't ask me why, but they look so good, they say. His entire bottom and side leg was like black, like mud caked. And I'm like, oh my, how am I supposed to get this off? So that's where I do a lot of my behind the scenes, like real life on Instagram. (laughs) Come laugh at me. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend. 